Support for this podcast comes from Outdoor Supply Hardware, inviting listeners to OSHA's big anniversary sale celebration, May 20th through the 26th, featuring daily deals, $15,000 in giveaways, 20% off store-wide on Saturday and Sunday, and a lot more. Learn more at OSH.com. From KQED. Well, we turn our attention now to a new COVID app that California launches tomorrow. The California Notify app will send smartphone notifications to users who have been exposed to someone who tested positive for coronavirus. And officials say it's going to help curb the spread of COVID-19, but only if a large number of people opt in. We're going to hear how the app works, how it deals with data collection and privacy. And joining us first is Michael Wilkening, and he's Governor Newsom's special advisor on innovation and digital services. And welcome, Michael Wilkening. Good morning. Happy to be on the program with you. Glad to have you with us. Uh, I guess the first thing to begin with here is uh, Governor Newsom said 100% secure, 100% voluntary, and 100% private, but there's a good deal of concern about privacy. So let's take that up first with you. How can we ensure 100% privacy with this? There's no personal information that's collected um, with the app. So there's there's no information that, that we're getting um, at the state level. And Apple and Google aren't getting personal information. It uses Bluetooth technology, so it's a uh, technology that's just exchanging anonymous keys between the, the phones if they're in proximity to one another. And uh, everything's 100% opt-in from, from the person who has the phone. And tell us how this works. This is not contact tracing. This is what the governor calls notification technology. Uh, but it's going right. to be... Um, it's going to be in smartphones, and it's going to be essentially uh, people being told when they test positive, and then they so trace. It, yeah. yeah, so it, it's a very important distinction. This is not contact tracing. Contact tracing is is something that is the traditional approach to um, to dealing with infectious diseases. It involves public health officials, and uh, they they contact you and try to figure out exactly where you where you've been and who you've been in contact with. Exposure notification is, um, is completely anonymous. It's, it's based on the technology that Apple and Google developed using your smartphone. And so uh, what you do is you, you opt in, and that uh, the first step is you either enable it on your Apple device or you download the app on your, uh, your Android device. And so then your phone, and you turn on your Bluetooth. And so what will happen is it's, it's sending out pings. And so when you're in proximity to somebody, recording that there's a, a proximate location there, not location, but approximate energy reading there. Never's keeping track of your location. And so it's recording just that you're in, in proximity to somebody and how long that duration was, what the energy reading was. And so if you and I had this enabled on our phones and we were having a conversation for 15 minutes and we were in within six feet of each other, then our phones would be recording that. And when I test positive, then I would get a notification. And what I would do is I would have the option then to upload my codes and completely my option. So again, it's opt-in all the way through. If I do that, then your phone will recognize that there's a, there are codes there that they recognize. And so there's going to be some instructions that come your way to, to tell you that you've been in, in proximity to somebody who tested positive no idea who it was, no idea where it was, and some um, some advice and instructions for you on, on how to protect yourself and what okay. your next step should be. 
Our guest is Michael Wilkening. Uh, we're talking to the Governor Newsom's uh, Special Advisor on Innovation and Digital Services, Michael Wilkening. And uh, let's uh, talk about the effectiveness being contingent, for the most part, on how many opt in. That is a fact with this. And uh, also how they know to quarantine and the length of, uh, well, the quarantine itself. Those are all fact, big factors here, aren't they? Absolutely. And, and this is just this is one more tool in the toolkit. So this this goes along with, you know, wear a mask, wash your hands, keep your distance. And then we say an opt in to California notify. And you're absolutely right. The the more people that opt in, the more effective it's going to be. So we're, we're not selling this as a silver bullet or this is what's going to do it on its own. This is one more tool that if we that we think is going to help. And the more people that we can get to sign up for this, the, the better the, the outcomes are going to be, uh, the more likely that you're going to know that you've been potentially exposed to, to somebody who, who tested positive. Um, so we've, we've been, the governor on Monday started talking about this. We're talking to various groups over uh, yesterday and today, and then we'll do the official launch tomorrow. And um, we're hoping for, for high take-up rates. Well, uh, for the most part, I think there are 16 states now that have uh, signed on to this app, uh, and, and that doesn't include Guam and Guam and D.C. Over 60 percent in D.C. are uh, actually opting in, but the numbers are much smaller elsewhere. The success uh, in terms of those numbers is like around uh, single digit, uh, but 15 percent opting in could really stop the spread to a great degree or to a significant degree. So it's very important, I think, for people to uh, become aware of how important this is. I've got a tweet here from a listener named Olga, Michael, who says, I'd like the app to give us the choice to add if we've been vaccinated. Can this be done? And whom can I contact? Um, that's not something that we're we're looking at at the moment. This, this is a very basic app that we're using that's just focused on exposure notification. Um, there are others who are, who are starting to figure out strategies relative to, to vaccinations and, and what we should be doing in that regard. And could you also tell us how much the app costs and whether it's, Apple and Google donated services to developing it? Uh, I know they're doing a lot of promotion of it. Yep, it's it's totally free to, to people. Um, Apple and Google are not charging. We're not charging. Um, it's available on your operating system. If you have an Apple device, you just go in and enable the exposure notifications. And um, you can go starting tomorrow onto the uh, the Google Play Store and download the uh, California Notify app. How uh, confident are you that people are really going to rally and uh, come across in terms of opting in here? Uh, Switzerland, for example, I notice has almost a quarter of the population, but that's a very unified population. Mm-hmm. Yeah, California is a diverse population, but you know, as the governor said when he was talking about this on Monday, this is California, and uh, we are comfortable with technology, and uh, we are hopeful that, that people will do this, that, you know, it's it's one more step that you can take to protect yourself, protect your family, and protect your community. Isn't it likely to have more success in the tech hubs like Silicon Valley or Los Angeles? Um, possible. You know, I think all of it's going to be outreach. And, and so we're, we're really trying to do some, some broad-based outreach to, to make sure that people understand that this is not um, contact tracing and that this is completely opt-in, completely privacy-protecting, and uh, that it's going to be helpful in, in stopping the spread. Michael Wilkinson, appreciate very much your being with us. Thank you. Thank you very much.
And good luck with this. Uh, and uh, let me introduce, we're going to come up on a break, but let me introduce Laura Clivens, who's joining us in this discussion, reporter for KQED. Good morning, Laura. Good morning. And let me say good morning also to Jennifer Valentino DeVries, who's a New York Times investigative reporter specializing in tech. Welcome to the program. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you so much. And let me invite calls. I know many of you have questions about this new app. You can give us a call now. The number to call, 866-733-6786. That number again for your calls, 866-733-6786. Or get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum or email any questions you might have to forum at kqed.org. We are coming up on a break here, but a question about privacy, Laura Clivens. First, quickly, if I could go to you, does this app infringe on my right of free association? For example, if I was in a protest group meeting, would this be able to inform authorities or others who were in a meeting with me? Well, we've heard again and again from, uh, from Google, from Apple, and from the governor that this is a completely private app. And what they're saying is it does not record your identity and it does not record your locations. So really what it is doing is, as we heard Michael say, is it's enabling Bluetooth to share a code with another phone so that if I test positive, anyone that I've been in touch with, in close contact with, that means within six feet for 15 minutes or more, um, that it, that I can then enter my, that I've tested positive in the system, and it's going to ping anyone who in the last two weeks I've been in close contact with. And we're going to continue. We'll continue with your calls and emails. You can join us by phone at 866-733-6786 or get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum or email forum at kqed.org. I'm Michael Krasny. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. This is Forum. I'm Michael Krasny. We're talking about a new app, uh, which will be launched tomorrow. You can't upload it yet, but it's a new coronavirus notification app. Laura Cliven's with us, KQED reporter, and Jennifer Valentino DeVries, New York Times investigative reporter specializing in tech. And Jennifer, if I go to you, I'm interested in finding out, well, we heard Michael say that uh, uh, it doesn't uh, necessarily in any way substitute for contact tracing. And in fact, uh, uh, contact tracing, distancing, mask wearing, all can't be substituted with this app. But there was a pilot program with about 250,000 students, staff, and faculty at UC campus in the fall. There was apparently uh, pretty effective uh, in terms of what the pilot program was able to prove. Tell us about that. Yeah, so the, the pilot program um, in California um, was able to show that the app um, worked in terms of uh, sending notifications to people who had been exposed to the virus and who later tested positive. Um, and so I think that demonstrated that, you know, the app was was able to tell people pretty quickly um, and help them get tested more quickly than they might have been if they were waiting on human contact tracers to reach out to them. The um, tests in California also, I think, um, prove to the people who were concerned about this that um, the apps were not really leaking people's data everywhere. So they were able to, to really take a look at that and um, also allowed them to 
to see, you know, what kind of messaging really resonated with people and got them to download the app. It was, um, I thought it was really interesting that they found that text messages um, were, were quite effective and the message that you could use this to help protect your friends and family um, was, was one that I think really um, got people to uh, be more likely to use the app. There were also, um, there was also a pilot in Arizona um, that was a bit smaller, just on a couple of campuses than the one in California. But I thought the um, interesting difference there was that uh, this was during a time when in California, you were not really seeing an outbreak, but in Arizona, they were. So in that pilot, this actually was, um, you know, during an outbreak, and they found that uh, the app at that time reached a um, as many as 12% of actual confirmed cases, um, you know, being tested uh, and and receiving a notification for this mm-hmm. app. And they, the researchers I spoke with there said they thought that it flattened the curve on campus um, by, you know, several percent, um, reduced the, the rate of transmission by that amount. So and the app does require, some- though, uh, pretty available rapid testing to work, doesn't it? Um, for then they said that it it was very helpful. You don't necessarily have to have the um, rapid antigen testing, but you need a fast turnaround time um, either for rapid tests or PCR tests that are being returned in, you know, a a day or so um, to really, I think, make a dent is what they were indicating. Um, You know, if your system is really overloaded and, human contact tracers aren't able to reach people in time. This could still be faster, you know, than, than that. Um, but yeah, you do want testing. And so that is one of the big questions, I think, um, for California is, you know, how, how fast is the testing going to be? Is it going to be fast enough to um, let this app reach its, you know, full potential? Another question, uh, and let me go to you on this, uh, Jennifer. I'll come back to Laura in a moment because I want to find out her thoughts again on privacy. But uh, Kelly writes, one of the biggest issues in my mind is that many people who have either tested positive or who likely have the virus but refuse to be tested or to self-quarantine simply will not sign up for an app such as this. These are the very carriers we want to identify when we're out and about. Point well taken. Yeah, that is completely a valid concern. Um, And I think that, you know, even if you get um, 15% of the population, 20% of the population using the app, if those are also the people who are, you know, taking the most care of themselves and not going out and getting the virus, um, that sort of blunts the the effectiveness of the app. Um, I don't think that means the app is bad. You know, this is just a problem that you're seeing with um, other types of interventions too, you know, um, human contact tracing, people um, who are taking a lot of risks might also be less likely to respond um, accurately to human contact tracers. So it it is a concern. And unfortunately, I don't know that anybody um, has a good answer to that. Well, let me go back, Laura Clavins, to the concern that many people have, again, about privacy. Um, we were assured uh, about anonymity, and uh, you spoke about it. But uh, I noticed that even though the ACLU signed off on this, uh, they expressed a good deal of caution. You know why? 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I think they pointed out some other drawbacks, some of which that we've just heard Jennifer and the last caller bring up. Um, the people who would likely sign up for this application uh, probably aren't the people who are avoiding uh, wearing masks. Um, so, uh, so I think, you know, we saw the ACLU say a few things. It was more that their hesitation was around um, other issues, like not everyone has smartphones. Um, so this sort of emphasizes this idea that we're, we heard from Michael and the governor that this is a tool in the toolkit. It's not a panacea. Um, you know, if not everyone has a smartphone and not everyone's going to sign up, um, it's not going to be as effective as something that will reach everyone. Um, uh, you know, you need to really rely on people if they get a notification saying <clears throat> you've been exposed, that that person then needs to take action, right? They need to quarantine or they need to go seek out a test. Um, so yeah, so there are some some drawbacks and um, the ACLU, however, did not did not feel concerned about the, um, the sharing of identity or sharing of location. Well, that's reassuring. Uh, <laughs> Uh, they did put out a kind of caveat about caution, and uh, thank you for clarifying that. I want to get some callers on here. Let's go to Peter first. Peter, you're up. Good morning. Hi. Hi, yeah. Um, so my, my concern is not so much about privacy per se, but it sounds almost like, like something you've done, almost designed to create fear. I mean, like with contact tracing, at least it's like you know who you might have come in contact with, who has it, and you can kind of be like, okay, I remember that person, and I saw them. Yeah, okay, let's take care of this. Whereas this, it's like, what if your phone just starts pinging? Like you suddenly, everybody's getting all these pings and they don't know who it, is, who it was, where it came from. All they know is, oh my God, I might have it. I got I to gotta quarantine. I got to get a test. It just seems like it's almost designed to create fear and, and, and panic. Yeah, Peter, thank you for that. Uh, Laura Clemens, fear and panic created by this? Your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, I, I think that could be one interpretation of it. Um, but I also think, you know, in, in many of the situations, um, like if I think of, you know, the life I'm living now, I do know a lot of the people that I've been in close contact with. But then again, I might go stand in line in Walgreens and it maybe it's a long line. I'm in there for 15 minutes and I, you know, and maybe I was near somebody who tested positive. Um, so I don't think I think what we're trying to do is what we're seeing these companies and the governor and the, the state try to do is use these tools um, that that really can be useful. And we've seen how they've been used to show how movement has changed during the pandemic and just see, you know, can we gear this towards the greater good of letting people know they've been exposed? Um, I do not think their intention is to inspire fear, but if that's, if that's how you're going to react, maybe, you know, maybe it's not the tool for you. And let me bring another caller on. Paula joins us next. Paula from San Jose. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, I'm a contact tracer for the county of Santa Clara. And uh, just hearing about, I'd like to comment on the last caller first, in that, you know, we're not allowed to tell anybody who they've been in contact with, uh, because your personal health information is completely confidential. So, uh, and the number of people that I talk to on the phone who have no idea where they got it and wonder if they got it on the grocery, at the grocery store or standing in line at Walgreens, that that would actually be something that could be helpful. So that's an encouraging thing. And what, the other point I'd like to make is there is a common misconception about, among people who are exposed that they need to rush out and get tested. I would really love more education out to the public that if you have been exposed, uh, you need to wait, you need to quarantine immediately and wait to get tested for seven days. It takes an average of five days 
for the body to incubate the virus and even show up on a test. So uh, it just goes back to quarantining, social distancing, uh, you know, and doing all those other things that we know we're supposed to do. Yeah, Paula, thank you for that call. appreciate hearing from you. And uh, I'm wondering if I could go back to you, Jennifer Valentino DeVries, with a uh, question from a listener who wants to know uh, uh, about how this affects particularly seniors who don't have access to the Internet, uh, older people. But you could also add to that those who are um, simply in underserved communities where they can't even afford a computer. Absolutely. I think that is, um, you know, a concern in terms of uh, equity with this app. And um, that's why it's important, um, again, to say that this is not something that should replace um, any aspect of the state's um, pandemic uh, efforts. Um, you know, I have seen, I've been covering these apps for a while, and I have seen a couple of places that have um, taken an interesting tack um, in, in addressing those concerns, um, which involve um, giving out free uh, little sort of like key fobs that do the same kind of Bluetooth activity to seniors and um, people in underserved communities. Um, and I think that that is great. It's not something that I've heard of um, any states in the US um, being able to do yet, but it did seem like a wonderful idea. Um, another thing to keep in mind is that, you know, if you are um, reaching the, the more affluent um, and more tech savvy parts of the community, um, you know, I think it's worth raising concerns, but also, you know, if it does alleviate the burden a bit on um, preventing them from going out and alleviate the burden on human contact tracers so that perhaps they can focus more activity on people who don't have these apps, I think that could be positive. Um, I also would love to address the earlier caller um, concerned about um, being afraid and just getting pings all the time. Um, so I, when I followed the, the pilot tests, um, initially, um, Apple was sending out uh, notifications to just let people know that they had, oh, they had been around um, somebody who tested positive for the virus, but it was like two minutes and they were 20 feet away or something like that. And people did freak out, um, even though Apple had tried to make those just be notifications and not quote unquote alerts, um, people did totally freak out, but then they dialed that back. Um, and I also have used the app myself here in New York. We don't have a very high percentage of people using it, um, but I have used it and I have gotten a significant um, like exposure notification um, and quarantined and tested because of it. I do not get pinged all the time with it. Um, and so I think, you know, I do have the experience of, of seeing this and then this exact fear happened in the pilot tests and that's what pilot tests are for. And they kind of like dialed it back and, you know, you really only get an alert when you've been around somebody like within six feet of them for more than 15 minutes. Like that's quite a long time. So. Yeah. Limit your social contacts and you'll get less pings. <laughs> right. right. Um, here's a tweet I wanted to read from Christopher. It says suggestion for the Biden Harris administration, make the use of a Bluetooth based contact tracing app as a condition of attending public school and entering federal facilities. And a uh, question from a listener, Laura Clavins, I'm going to go to you with, um, uh, this is from Jeff, who says, wouldn't it also be useful if the app also told you if you were exposed to someone who was exposed to someone who tested positive? Mm. 
Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I am, I'm not sure. I mean, I think, I, I think that's a tough, <laughs> I'm not sure really what to say to that one. Um, it's a good idea. Yeah, I like the idea if it's possible. Um, not sure how to respond either, but here's right. Uh, I mean, the way the app is designed right now is that you get if you yourself test positive, yeah. then the Department of Public Health in California will send you a code. You would input that into your phone. You choose to. So, like the whole app is voluntary, and then this aspect, even even inputting that you've tested positive, is voluntary. You put that in the phone, then it would alert. Um, you know, it would alert the people who have exchanged that Bluetooth code with you, and it, it would be anonymous. Wouldn't say Laura Clivens tested positive, um, but uh, it, it would be really hard, I think, to then, uh, without having knowing that someone tested positive, to to make that leap to the next person without having yes a positive code for that interim person. Yeah, I would imagine. And uh, another question, Laura, from a listener named Alf, who says, "What took them so long to develop the app? Vaccines seem to have moved so much more quickly." I mean, I think that's a really great point. And I think we heard uh, Jennifer's great reporting about this, that there was a lot of pilot testing on this. And we heard the governor say Monday that he was um, he was hesitant to bring something like this to the fore because people have a lot of privacy concerns now with how their data is being used. And um, and so the hesitation in bringing it was we really want this to to feel secure for people. Um and, and it's good that it's gone through these pilot episodes, um, pilot testing, allowing them to work out some of the kinks uh, so as not to notify you all the time. Um, so I, I think that is uh, why it's taken some time. And if I go back to you, Jennifer Valentino DeVries, uh, here's Mary who says, will the app count accumulated exposure of 15 minutes total over a 24-hour period to one person? How about 15 minutes accumulated from a combination of various positive people over 24 hours? It does. What a great question. Um, it didn't originally do that. And then when um, I believe it was the CDC recommendations, although it might have been like the WHO or somebody else, but when recommendations from scientists changed um, to address the sort of accumulated exposure, um, the, the technology also changed. So it does take into account um, these accumulations. Um, you know, if you are around has been described to me typically as being around one person who's coming back and forth. Um, you know, if you were around two people who tested positive at the same exact time, I'm not 100% sure of, you know, what that would look like, but I do know that it is counting accumulated exposures, yes. And Jennifer, I wonder if you'd be kind enough to actually let listeners know, we're talking about Androids and iPhones, how do you activate the app? Sure. Um, okay, so it's a little bit different on each. Um, and in California, you should be getting um, you know, uh, push notifications um, from the system, whether you're on Android or iPhone, those should start coming out um, pretty soon. Um, but on Android, you can go into the Play Store and look for California's um, you know, exposure notifications app. Um, even if you go in right now, you can see the different um, apps that are, that are out for the other states. Um, and so that's what you do on Android. And then on iPhone, you can go into your settings and um, you just kind of scroll down and you'll see a little um, thing that looks, it's like a red circle with a bunch of little circles around it that kind of looks like a COVID, um, like a coronavirus. Um, 
and it says exposure notifications and you can go in there and select your area and set it up. Um, I don't think it would be available quite yet for California, but it should be, you know, tomorrow. Um, and, you know, it just, it's within your operating system on the iPhone. So they're both, you know, pretty, pretty straightforward. And another reminder that this app will be available tomorrow. And as cases soar, over 80% are under orders now to not leave their homes for the next three weeks. Uh, this app can be an important tool for the toolbox, as we've heard it phrased here on this program. And let me thank our two guests. Uh, actually, good to have you with us, Laura Clavins. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Laura Clavins, a reporter for KQED, and Jennifer Valentino DeVries. Good to have you as well. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. Jennifer Valentino DeVries is New York Times investigative reporter specializing in tech. We also spoke earlier with Michael Wilkening, Governor Newsom's special advisor on innovation and digital services. And we're here with you Monday through Friday, 9 to 11, an hour repeated in the evening. You can listen to another hour of Forum with Mina Kim coming right up. And uh, thank you for being with us. Uh, you can always let us know what you'd like to hear on Forum or what you enjoy hearing by emailing us, forum at kqed.org. And please stay safe. I'm Michael Krasny. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years? Or wander the desert, uncover a hidden well, and dive to the bottom of the deepest water hole for 2,000 miles? The Snapchat Podcast takes you there with amazing stories told by the people who live them with an original soundscape that drops you directly into their shoes. Snap Judgment. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.